0: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their 7-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's p-h-i-l-o dot tv slash p-o-p-p-o-d-s to get 50% off your first month.
1: Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. shout at the devil record featuring Vince Neil, Tommy Lee, Mick Mars and Nikki Six. But today, we're talking about a different version of that band. We're talking about the John Karabi era of Motley Crue. And to talk about that era of the band with me is the one and only Chris Aiken from the classic metal show. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It shouldn't still be controversial, but uh, for some of you guys it is. Listen, It's been, it's got to be like two, three years now. We're, we're okay. We're cool with one another. I think it was like 2014. We kind of started to mend the fences. Maybe it was 13. No, I think it was 14, actually. But, anyways, yeah, Chris and I are cool. I love, I love this guy's books, his interviews that he does. And he's here to talk to us about his brand new book, which I actually did the book on tape version, you know, the audio version of it, which is great because you get to hear Chris, uh, Read it and you also you get a bonus um John krabby interview there at the end. There's also some stuff with Chris from Decibel Geek on there. So yeah, it's, it's great stuff. So definitely either buy a copy of this book or get the audio downloads of it that, that Chris reads because it's a it's a fun listen. The book is called Cause and Effect, Motley Crew. That's a reference to the Motley Crew self-titled record yeah so without any further ado let's get into a song that i love chris aiken maybe doesn't love it quite as much but I, I love this song and this is the the big kind of single the first single off of that self-titled motley grew record this is hooligans holiday followed by my interview with chris aiken
2: Storm lines of hell on a face
1: it's mark striegel of talking metal and calling in joining us once again from the classic metal show and also the author of a number of great books which we'll talk about including this new one cause and effect motley crew that's a reference to the self-titled album by motley crew mr chris aiken chris how are you
3: good man how are you doing tonight
1: I'm good, man, and I just finished earlier today this this great book you read on one of my favorite bands, and you know uh, I heard you say they're one of your favorite bands right up there with Metallica. I would say they're possibly they're definitely top three for me. I mean, I always just say my top two favorite bands were Motley Crue and Iron Maiden, and uh, this book that you wrote is a great story not only about the self-titled the oddball Mountley crew record the self-titled montley crew record with john crabby on vocals but it's also your story and how you relate to this record and what important parts it played in your life so it's it's uh it's definitely a really cool read and listen i i actually listened to it you do the the narration a uh, book on tape or whatever you want to call it nowadays sure yeah so good stuff yep. talk a little bit about the cause and effect book series cuz you've done at least two of these, maybe more. I've done two. Two, okay.
3: Yeah, I've done two so far. I did the, the Metallica Black album, and I did now Motley Crue. Um, I'm going to, there's probably, there's at least seven of them that I'm going to write in total. Um, awesome. The next one is going to be Judas, Judas Priest's Turbo. Um, Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile is one of them. Megadeth's Risk album is one of them. Um, there's quite a few of them. What, what I'm trying to do is, you know, everybody writes about the best album that a person did or that a person or a band did. Or, you know, they they, to me, they take easier topics. And I didn't want to write just about, oh, this was a great album and this launched this band. And, you know, then they played this festival and they hit their stride. What I want to do is tackle releases that changed something about an artist, whether it was changed how their fan base related to them or changed how you know music adapted like I'll I'll use the black album book as an example before the black album rock music one metallica's fan base was completely different than after the black album yeah so it changed the fan base but at the same time it also changed the way commercial rock was programmed on the radio you know i mean before that metallica before that metallica record there was just not a lot of really heavy music that was in the the regular top 40 when people thought of metal they thought of Motley Crue, Poison, and Warrant. They weren't thinking of Metallica and Slayer and Corn or Disturbed, you know, the ones that right. came after. And if you look at how commercial radio changed after the Black album, you know, everything got a lot heavier while still be- becoming the mainstream. So that's what I'm trying to accomplish um, with the Motley Crue one, with Cause and Effect Motley Crue. No question, it changed their fan base. It changed the way they were perceived. It changed the way that they were dealt with with MTV. Um, And, you know, ultimately, as much as I love Motley Crue, I think that it's the last really good record that they did personally. I I have not liked, I didn't like New Tattoo. I didn't like Generation Swine. And I didn't like um, Saints of Los Angeles, although that was somewhat better. You know, I, I just feel like their last hurrah was the one that they tried to put everything into because they were trying to sell it as the new invention of the band. And while it ultimately failed, it is by far my favorite release by the band.
1: Right. You know, the, the record in general, it was basically, I mean, they did Decade of Decadence in there, and I think it was 91, but Dr. Feelgood, mm-hmm. 89. So by the time the the self-titled record came out, we're really looking at, like what, like a five... Yeah, at least a 5-year gap in between sure. those right. two studio records. Did did that did that hurt them besides the fact that the you know the the tides were changing in the music industry and and fads were changing and they weren't in style anymore? Do you think that long break hurt them?
3: I think so, sure. But but I think it's bigger than just the 5-year break because as we've seen, you know, especially more recently than anything, a long break can help a band look at guns and roses, right. you know, while 13 years seemed endless. When they came back, they came back strong. And the reason was because the demand, you know, the demand for it regrew, the interest regrew. And so a break can help, but it wasn't as big of a break as you might think because, you know, Vince, Neil snuck a record in there as well. And when Vince snuck his record out in there, Vince kind of took the lead and Vince sounded like the old Motley crew. If you listen to "Exposed," that sounds like a logical next step from the Dr. Feelgood release. Um, and and I, I don't know what you think of that record, but I think it's great. I think there's a lot of great songs on that record that, you know, were not really appreciated, but, but it was a very strong record from him. And then he was immediately out with Van Halen. So, you know, Vince, at the beginning of his solo career after Motley Crue, looked like, looked big. So in a, in a sense, he looked the same as like David Lee Roth did with Eden and Smile. Right. With, um, you know, after Van Halen, it looked like he was just going to carry right on down the road. And, and when Motley Crue... Go ahead.
1: No, but I was going to, you know, it is it's interesting because Exposed came out a full year before the self-titled and you, you go into this mm-hmm. in, in the book. I mean, that was a great record. Um, Steve Stevens, in a lot of ways, was the the guitar hero that Motley Crue never really had, right. which is something you also touch upon in, in the cause and effect Motley Crue book he wrote. And Vicky Fox was, uh, I mean, he was almost a Tommy Lee clone on drums, and the album sounded right. like a crew record much more so than the self-titled record, which would come a year later. I mean, why didn't why didn't expose Catch On among the crew fans? I mean, we're still in the early 90s there. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. always been a head-scratcher for me.
3: <clears throat> it, it, me too. And, and it is strange that it didn't Catch On because the songs were good. I honestly, the only thing I could think of is that they didn't release the right singles. I mean, I, I thought Sister of Pain was a good single, but... Um, you know, I I thought that they should have released like the edge, you know, that was a, that was a really stronger song. And they went with, um, what did they go with have your cake and eat it too, or something, which was not the strongest song on the release for the second single. And, you know, just just like any band, whenever there's a division, there's half of the people that just don't want to support it. And I think that that is what happened is, Nikki Six, like him or hate him, he is a polarizing presence. And mm-hmm. when you're trying to do a record when you're associated with that guy and all of a sudden you're not and you're both talking smack about each other, you know, there's going to be a, a group of people that don't jump on board. But I'm with you. I never, I never fully understood why. And what's interesting is I don't think I covered it in the book, but if you really think about, you know, prior to that, um you know vince had that first single out i think six or eight months before his album from the encino man soundtrack with um oh, girl the, you invited oh, with your friends yeah come. right exactly yeah so i mean vince had a clear edge and he had the edge at the right timing even you know i mean it would, it would have been about three years from dr Feel Good, and he was on the charts again so I don't fully understand why it didn't take up. I loved it. I went and some, you know, I, as I'm a Hagar Van Halen guy, which I know makes me, you know, makes me not a Van Halen fan to a lot of people. But I I went and saw that tour three or four times just because to me, that was for me and my fandom. That was a perfect bill to see Vince Neil opening for, you know, for Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. That was perfect. And it just didn't happen. And I don't know what I think it did was it it lowered it lowered the expectation of Motley fans somewhat because they were seeing Vince that sounded like Motley Crue and they weren't digging it as much. So then when Motley Crue came behind it with something that didn't sound anything like what they were used to, they were they just didn't gra- gravitate to it at all.
1: Right, right. And you in the book talk about seeing Motley Crue. On the self-titled album tour, people who don't know the book aren't going to get this. But the crematorium is—that was the place, really right. called the crematorium. That,
3: it, it was called Cremation Services Incorporated. Wow! It's, uh, and, it's, you did, and you did—you did dogs there
1: and people?
3: Yeah, on wow. Mondays. On Mondays, that the the Animal Protection League, you know, they would put down, you know, dogs that had been there too long or cats or whatever. And that was our Monday. Monday afternoon. We would take the take the carcasses out of the back of a pickup truck and just load them into the load them into the oven and burn them up. It was it was a it was a gruesome job to say the least. <laughs>
1: right, and you go into that in the book. Of course, the book is cause and effect. Motley Crue a reference to the self-titled Motley Crue record, that oddball Motley Crue record, which featured John Corabi on sure. vocals and guitar and big. Presence in the band, and let's talk about some of the songs off of that record. Misunderstood, sure. one of your favorite. I think you said your favorite song off the record, right?
3: It is. It it is definitely my favorite song on the record. It's just such a. It, it's it's not only a great song, it but it, it's the writing is better than anything Nikki, in my opinion, anything Nikki ever put his pen to, uh, you know, and. And I, I love the the different movements in it. I like the you know the the kind of somber, almost instrumental type of a beginning that leads into a blast, and then it goes back mellow again. Right. I like the movement of that song, and um, you know it, it's just one of those tunes that always grabbed me, and I always thought was was strong. The only thing that, and again, I always thought that could have been a good single, but I remember when they did it as a single, they chopped it all up. And it sounded terrible. It was like really poorly edited. If you ever heard the four-minute version of it versus the six and a half that I think it is on the album, it's um, it's really not a good thing. And and again, it was mistakes like that that I think cost Motley, you know, greatly with that record. At least that's one of the reasons, one you of know, many.
1: And that was the second single off off the record. The first single, Hooligans Holiday, which we can talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. was it wasn't. You weren't quite as keen on that as some of the other songs on the record, but Misunderstood, you know, too, it had that like synth string sound going, which to me was almost Beatlesque. you know, subtly in in the background there. And I I don't know, I I almost wonder, it made me, listening to that song today, because I went back and listened to the record after I finished the book, it it made me wonder if this record would have come out. A couple years earlier, like you know, ninety two ish, maybe even ninety one, when that whole kind of Beatles retro thing was thing. really in full swing. I mean, I remember, you know, Tears for Fear is a very different band, but you know, sowing in the seeds sure. of love, and there was so much mm-hmm. Beatles influence. Do you do you think do you think the album, the self titled Motley Crew record, could have maybe done better if it were released, say, a couple years earlier?
3: Maybe you, you know it, it's a it's a hard thing to I think what would have helped them greatly is if they wouldn't have waited to introduce karabi and release music at the same time it was right. too much of a hard sh- i mean if you think about it if I remember correctly I'm doing this straight out of memory without any Wikipedia or any of that but if I remember right they announced karabi the same time that they announced hooligans holiday and released the video right and so people were like who's this guy this doesn't sound like motley crew you know I, I know i said it in the book that the video made the band that was once gigantic you know the last we saw of them was same old situation where they're passing the ball around a stadium and then they go from that to being in this little box with this weird video and you know the singer doesn't sound anything like what Motley Crue sing, sounds like, and I don't. Most people didn't know his name. They didn't know John Karabi from the Scream. They didn't know John Karabi from anything. Right. So it was probably just too much shift. I think if they would have laid it out better, like you know, like to be honest, like Anthrax did with John Bush. Now admittedly, John Bush was more well known at the time, but John, they announced John Bush. And people started speculating what it would sound like. Would it sound like Joey or would it sound like Armored Saint or would it be a mishmash? So that when they finally came out with Sound of White Noise, people had at least something in their head to compare the expectation to. Where with, with Motley 94, you went from zero to hero. And those people that were looking for the next home sweet home or you know, or looks to kill or whatever, or Dr. Feelgood, they did not get delivered what they were expecting and they just didn't like it. I don't know that it could have ever, I don't personally know that it could have ever had big success with the name Motley Crew on the cover. Right. I think if they would have called it something else, you know, Karabi Crew or something, just like the Van Halen thing, I think Van Halen would have probably been even bigger if they would have called it Van Hagar, just gone with it what everybody ended up calling it anyway and i think it would have played better for them you know reputation wise i think the same with this record i think if they would have called it something else it would have done better i i think long term it would have done better at least you would have had a band that could have sustained instead what you got was a record that failed a record company that gave up on them and they went scurrying back to the guy that they didn't really want to work with and put out a record right behind it that was garbage.
1: Right, Generation Swine, of course. You know, and you mentioned yeah. you mentioned in the in the in the book about this this thing, which I'd forgotten about, and and it made me wonder how much it actually hurt them at a time where they really needed the support of a big corporate, you know, outlet like MTV. There was this interview, and I can't remember the details of exactly what happened, but where. They got pissed right. off and they walked out on on this MTV interview, which probably ended up pissing MTV off. And in in you know we can imagine it probably right. meant that MTV was wasn't going to support it because they were they were being dicks to MTV. I mean that seems to me like okay. that could have been a, a real dumb move. You know, as far as something that could have really helped this record was support of MTV.
3: Sure. Oh, I think so too because. I, I I fully believe that whatever my, whatever MTV got behind, if you rem- and I know you remember this obviously, but if people remember, if MTV was backing it, it was platinum. Right. Just that was a rule from from the time that you know, I mean, bad bands at the beginning of of the MTV era, flock of seagulls, flock of seagulls. Mm-hmm. I know some people like them. I like Iran as much as the next guy does. Block yeah. of Seagulls overall was a bad band.
2: Right. I and couldn't tell you one other song
3: album about off. Yeah. Well no, no one can. Or Men Without Hats. That's right. another bad band with one song. And those albums were at least gold selling because MTV was, was pushing it. You know, if, if MTV hadn't gotten behind Smells Like Teen Spirit, I doubt that we would know Nirvana. You know, we I, I just don't think we would have. The radio would radio was constantly following MTV's lead almost from the day that well, from the day that Michael Jackson put thriller out there. When Michael Jackson did Thriller and it was an M T V smash before it was a radio smash, that was it. Radio followed their cue. and for Motley, for, for Nikki and it was a Nikki thing if I remember right, was Nikki got pissed off that he was that some inner some about if I remember right, it was something about them being lumped in with poison. Right. And Nikki okay. has never liked being, being compared to poison in any way, shape or form. And he, he said something to the interviewer and the interviewer went back at him and he walked off. Wow. And it's funny cause I've talked to Karabi about it and Karabi, if, if you ever ask him, he'll tell you he's, he's like, that's the exact moment my career died. Because he he said he knew at that moment that it was over, because they weren't going to get MTV love after shitting on MTV, and sure enough, they didn't. I mean, how many people, I don't know, do do you even remember the video for Hooligans Holler, or for for Misunderstood?
1: I, you know, I watched it recently, because I was reading your book, and- and I vaguely remembered them, you know, sitting on a porch like maybe I'd seen it once before in my yeah. life, you know, but no. I mean Hooligan's sure. Holiday, I definitely remember that video. But sure. misunderstood. It had a big yeah. Push
3: before. yeah, misunderstood. And I I didn't even know until like the last three or four months when I was doing some of the, the research on this book, there was a video for Smoke the Sky. Oh. I had no idea at all until it's on Vivo. You know, if you go to Vivo yeah. channel, you can find Motley Crue Smoke the Sky. I had no idea until 2017, which just tells you that MTV completely quit on that band.
1: Totally, totally. And you saw them on that tour. You were working at I did. The, the place we mentioned earlier, the crematorium. But right. you saw them on that okay. tour. So and you weren't as much as you liked the, the self-titled record. You weren't real impressed by the show that you saw. What was wrong yeah, with the show? Was, what what bugged you
3: about it? Well, it was one I you know as much as John John Karabi is one of those vocalists that could sing anything, and I'll listen to it. and And I mean that. I mean I I love Dead Daisies. I love the Union Records. I love his his crew record. I love his acoustic record. You know, even some of his bad Cleopatra covers that he's done with, you know, Kathy O'Regan playing the keyboards for him in the background, I still kind of dig because it's Karabi. I'm a big, big, big honk for John Karabi. But seeing him singing the Vitz songs did not work. It just, even songs that I loved, you know, Home Sweet Home, which I know he's covered since. I don't like that cover that much either. But it just didn't work. It was, his voice did not fit those songs and half of the show or more was those songs, which it it has to be because it says Motley Crue, you know, I mean, how can Motley Crue go and not play Dr. Feelgood or not play home sweet home or, you know, or, or some of those songs. I mean, they have to play those songs and, you know, it, and again, I, I hate to compare to other bands, but I, I'm i sure you probably saw at least one Sammy Hagar Van Halen show. Oh yeah. And, definitely. He, and, and, hearing Sammy sing ain't talking about love always was like, all right, time to hit the car. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's time to leave. Cause it just was or jump or Panama or whatever. It's like, this isn't the guy, this is bad karaoke. And, and, and yeah, I, I was not overwhelmed by it as like, I'll be honest. I saw Karabi do the Motley 94 album a few years ago. And that was far superior to the show that I saw with Motley crew know be being motley Crue back in 90 whatever that would have been 94
2: right
1: right again we're talking with chris aiken the author of cause and effect motley Crue, great great read great listen chris where can people pick this up is it out yet it's come about to come
3: out right it's it comes out on black friday officially okay um it'll be it'll be everywhere it'll be at amazon and barnes and noble and anywhere that people buy books cool um it's right now if people want to pre-order it and get it get it autographed, because you know my autograph is worth something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you know, uh, if they do want that, um, they can get it over at Chris And um, as far as the audio goes, they can pre-order the audio now, and I'm basically sending it as soon as people pre-order it. Um, and if they wait, I'm gonna be I signed a I signed a deal which is pretty interesting because i really struggled to do the audio piece but i i signed a deal with this company that really liked the audio piece so they are they are releasing it and i'm not sure exactly where it's going to be released yet other than right. amazon but it is that the audio is going to be from what i'm told is going to be available everywhere that that people buy audiobooks these days so i guess that would be amazon again and um
1: maybe like audible iTunes or something
3: and yeah, audible. It is going to be on Audible. A lot of anywhere that you do like book subscriptions too, it will be available. Is that like Deezer or stuff like that? So, I'm I'm a little clueless on that one myself. Um, you know, they haven't filled me in on everything with that. But the audio, you know, if people if people like like books but don't want to – I think it's a quick short read anyway. It's it's not a huge book, but it, it, the audio is. I don't know. I, I thought the audio was fun. With, yeah. um, you know, the bonus, t- the, the little bit of bonus stuff that I did, an interview with Karabi and right. a, um, you know, a, a little Q&A with uh, Chris Sinzak from the Decimal Geek podcast, because he's a big fan of that record, too. So if you want a little bit of extra, you get an extra like two hours of stuff with the audiobook And that will be coming as well soon at all the places that you would normally look.
1: Cool. Awesome. And again, cause and effect, Motley Crue. It sounds like there's more cause and effect. Books coming out. You mentioned what do you the Fragile by Nine Inch Nails. Love that record. That's when. When's that coming?
3: Uh, that that is um probably nineteen. I would imagine um, the next one. The next one is about half written already, which is Judas Priest Turbo. Oh, cool. Um, you know, and as as you're well aware, people either love it or they hate it, and there's really no middle ground on that record at all. It's you know, I had my choice. Judas Priest is probably if I was listing my bands in order, it would be Pantera, Metallica, Judas Priest. They're like one of my all, all time favorites. But fortunately they gave me plenty to actually choose from between Nostradamus and, um, and turbo. But I thought turbo was just a little bit more, little bit more of a good one to go to because it did change their fan base. And at the same time, it also found them really changed their sound. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's where they really tried to be a hair band instead of a metal band, and it's kind of, eh, you know, there's some weird songs on that one too. So there is, That's but the y- next one,
1: you know, that title track, I will say that title track, Turbo. Whenever I see them mm-hmm. in more recent times, I mean, the place always goes nuts for that song when they play it live. And sure and uh that that song at least i mean i used to like that record i like locked up i'm trying to think what, yeah. what else was on there was
3: personal property yeah, uh, hands off private yeah. property yeah right right right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah cool well, i'm looking forward to that it, 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 it,
3: yeah that'll be a that, that'll be a good one i have i'm i'm loving doing the writing and i have you know i have a book about my adventures in korea which is the next one i hope to get out that's going to be that's not going to be for the faint of heart. That's a pretty filthy, dirty book. But um, <laughs> after that one comes the Judas Priest one. And then um, Nine Inch Nails of Fragile is after that. Risk is after that. And quite a few still coming. So plenty plenty more writing out of out of my head, I guess.
1: Cool. And guys, Chris, of course, is on the Classic Metal Show every Saturday night and on iTunes and all your normal podcasting outlets. And to recap the books, yep. Cause and Effect, The Black Album, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause and Effect, Motley Crue, The Self-Titled, correct. Uh, Little mm-hmm. Victories, and They Call Me Chris. Those That's the, it. Right, Those are cool. the four. And all on, what was the the book website? Aiken, Aiken Books? Chris Aiken Chris, Books. Chris
3: Aiken Books. Yep, chrisaikenbooks.com.
1: Cool. We'll have that link through today's show notes. And uh, yeah, as always, Chris, good talking with you tonight.
3: Excellent, man! I always appreciate the time, even though we're supposed to hate each other. This is more fun, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> no, this is a
1: great conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a it's been a few years since the hate, so all right, and I'm I'm glad we're past I know. that. Definitely, definitely, cool. Yeah, me too. But really enjoyed the book. Sincerely, Cause and Effect. I've enjoyed the Thank you man. know all the books actually. So definitely, guys, check Thanks. out Cause and Effect, Motley Crew. The one thing that's cool about it too, if you do know Chris from his his classic metal show, radio show, and the previous books, Little Victories and, and Call Me Chris. I, I feel like this is a good companion to, to all that stuff because not only is there great facts and stuff about this, this record, but unlike, say, like a Martin Popoff book, which is just facts about the record, you get Chris's personality and his own personal stories coming through about... I mean, how the record got him through certain things and, and just little sure. Chris a- Aiken adventures that go on with with this record <laughs> in your life. So it's good stuff.
3: Thank you, man. appreciate it. Old
2: man twice a day. Life's past you. Get in line Left alone
1: Misunderstood by Motley Crue, off the self-titled record featuring John Karabi, Mick Mars, Nikki Six and Tommy Lee. Yeah, so there you go. Big thanks to Chris for joining me. Go purchase his book. We'll have it up in the show notes on uh, on today's non uh, Talking Metal for today's episode. Support what Chris does with his books. He's doing some great stuff. Uh, definitely the the Metallica book I read too. That's, that was a great read and I'm looking forward to future books, cause and effect books by, by Chris Aiken. Chris, thanks for joining us. And thanks to you guys for listening. Please support us. We got the Patreon thing happening now. You can join me there. We got the Amazon links, the PayPal donation, leave a five star review on iTunes. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Come join me on uh, Facebook, and check out our new site, which is coming very soon, TalkingRock.net. Um, TalkingMetal.com will still be around, but TalkingRock.net is a new venture, which I'm going to try to make a go of. So I'd love for you to uh, support me there. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Striegel, S-T-R-I-G-L, or at Talking Metal. All right, guys, I'm on Instagram, too, and Snapchat. I'm everywhere, Ever, everywhere. You can't get away from me. Anyways, here's some more classic motley crew we're going way back to the first album on this uh this is public enemy number one